0: hundred and sixty two games of baseball a season can feel like a grind to watch, but you can put the excitement back into each and every game with my bookie run lines, money lines, props galore. Nobody gives you more opportunities to win than my bookie getting started is simple deposit three hundred dollars and play with two hundred dollars instantly. Just use promo code ZABE to claim a MyBookie deposit bonus. Whether you're a diehard fan or a newcomer to the sport, there's never been a better time to join the MyBookie family. Go ahead and sign up today using promo code ZABE to secure your first deposit bonus up to $1,000 with MyBookie. Whatever you put in, they'll meet halfway all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.com. Today's Power Lunch is brought to you by The Palm at Tyson's Corner, Virginia. Sure, The Palm is great for a fancy night out, but it's also the perfect midweek spot for a lunch with a client, or a lunch to catch up with a friend, or maybe even to do an interesting podcast like this. Power Lunch menu selections at The Palm start at $26 for an appetizer, meal, and dessert. Book your reservation today directly at thepalm.com, open table, or by calling them at 703-917-0200.
1: I can make most anything on the menu except whatever you got is fine. I'm gonna say some bad words, and you're just gonna have to deal with it. PB&J with the crusts cut off. Well,
0: Brian, this is a very nutritious lunch. Hey, you got enough money to pay for all this? You know, money, cash, dollars, dinero. So what I believe you were trying to say is thank you. Thank you? You're welcome. What can I say except you're welcome?
1: yes buck yeah bring my audio up a little bit or my hearing whatever one two three foot good how's can- that yep. old
0: man yep you've got announcer uh old man hearing i do man i love it i do so uh so i'm here today and uh, the boys are talking dental implants when i get to the palm today <laughs> and i'm like jesus are we that old can we not skew a little bit younger for god's sakes buck Hans, you're what 64 years old now I'll be 67 next month. Oh, 67 uh, next this month. This month, actually. Naki, how old are you? 60, Chron- chronologically. 64. I'm headed towards Medicare at the end of the year. Z. 64, but you have to tell eight. you all about that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you kidding me? But, Naki, you've got the mindset of a, what, 20-year-old? Uh, 18-year-old. I, I, totally. Emotional <laughs> age. Emotional Give me that maturity, maturity age. age. The, the mind <laughs> yeah. says
1: one thing, but the body doesn't uh, uh, cooperate. Yeah, I'm 17. Uh, oh, thank you God. Yeah. I
0: love that you guys are here. I'm sorry that Ken... Uh, Carol couldn't make it. She had something come up. She's a business owner now that's up to her neck in this yoga studio, which I hope is doing well.
1: Yeah, have I don't know. Have you been there? Well, I've, no, I haven't been there. I've seen pictures online that she sends me. Do you and want to go there,
0: the three I, of us, and do yoga? I, I want to see Buck doing
1: Downward Dog something. Whatever <laughs> I, the. <laughs> I've done Downward Dog on Beach Body, which, which oh, I congratulations. have on the tape. Uh, <laughs> Just I'd one like of to them. see that. Yeah, but uh, and I've done the downward dog and the uh, upward snake or whatever that is, and yeah, it's, it's, let's it's, not talk about it. It's hurtful. Well, it used, we, to be, it we, used to be upward. I broke a couple of broke a couple of vertebrae doing that. I mean. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we uh, we all love Carol. I, I loved her from the minute I saw her throw a spiral with a football when she first came to our studios out there in Silver Spring, the old old 980 studios, and she was new in town in TV for uh, NBC Sports Washington, which at the time was Comcast. Right which before that was home team
1: sports. Right. Then she went over to Channel 4, which is still uh, part of NBC, uh, right. obviously. Right, you know. but she was new in
0: town, this young, skinny Iowa girl, athletic, and she gets out in the parking lot during a break with me and Andy with a football and starts throwing yeah. seeds, and I'm like, I'm in love. Is <laughs> this
1: at the station where you used to hit golf balls? Yeah, we had a 80-yard. So yeah, 80-yard. Yeah. Yeah, so so right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. It was also the station in which the roof leaked, because it was a flat roof that had gravel on the top, yeah. on top. Sound like a good is idea. Is yeah, and so it starts leaking, and it's so bad that it's starting to drip into the board, and it's starting to short circuit the radio board <laughs> with all the good. electronics. Right, not good. So the engineers putting up tarps under the ceiling, which is collecting water, <laughs> and the water is starting to pool up like the sword of Damocles hanging That's over exactly your head. Exactly right. I remember that. Yeah. For and so I called OSHA. I called OSHA on the, on the station. Oh, nice. The, the Office of You're Safety. You're a whistleblower. Yes. Yeah. Office of Safety and Health Administration, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And then one day, here come the OSHA people, and there's a buzz around the building. Oh, no, what's going on here? Did everybody know you dimed on them? No. No, it, nobody so knew I was the rat. Breaking news? Nobody knew I was the rat. And so they come in, they t- start taking notes. I mean, there was packing tape over electrical outlets as a preventative measure for the water. That was tripping in. I'm like, this is not up to code. We're going to die here. Take all these notes. They got their hard hats, their clipboards. They leave. A couple days pass. I go into Todd Castleberry's office, our PD. I'm like, well, what was all that about? He's like... Ah, it's OSHA. I got the report here. They just said, make sure to put a few more tarps up, and you're good. And I'm like, oh, no. They did nothing. So it went on like that for several weeks, and they finally got the roof replaced. Then they sold the building, and we moved to some other place. The exciting days of radio. No, I
1: remember going out there when when I was doing stuff with them with Paul Harris, who was their morning DJ. Yeah. 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 That place was hard to get to for sports reporters If in you didn't the know where to go, yeah, yeah it was yeah. tough to get to.
0: Uh, incidentally, regarding Carol, uh, there was a time a few years ago at the Big Ten Tournament. She was still working for NBC Sports Washington. She came to the Big Ten Tournament, and a bunch of media folks got together to play pickup basketball. Yep. And there were a lot of sports writers there with mustard on their T-shirts and stuff like that. Carol <laughs> showed up to play. Feinstein, huh? And I had first pick. I had first pick, and I said... I want her. her. And everybody started chuckling. Yeah. And I'm like. No, you don't uh, know. You don't know what you don't know. Exactly. And she was a monster. She could play. Yeah, yeah, she could go. You know, when you started doing stuff with the Sports Reporters Buck, it was kind of big because you're a little older than me. be 13 years, I guess, close.
1: And people, by the way, celebrate my birthday all over the country. June 19th. That's my birthday. <laughs>
0: Jesus Christ!
1: <laughs> I gotta edit
0: this out of here now.
1: Did you hear Buckhans said
0: Juneteenth is his birthday, and they celebrate. It is bastard. my
1: birthday. What can I tell you, man? Okay.
0: So, uh, so I had uh, growing up here in the area, Naki. As as you, did you grow up here? You yeah. grew up in Colorado. You went to I school grew, in Colorado. Uh, no, no, yeah, I went to. I grew up here. Went to Woodson okay, High right. School here. Yeah. So growing up, I knew all about Steve I Watched him on TV. So when he first came on the sports reporters, and I actually got him to laugh. And I was like, I think he kind of thinks I'm not a dipshit. That was a big moment for me, Buck. It was a big moment? And the first time Naki, who I didn't know, decided that it was time to body bag me on the air... I was like, okay, that hurt, but it means he respects me enough exactly. that he's got to shut my ass up. How did up. you body
1: bag him? I, I, oh, who
0: know? It was something. It was I, I was, I was, I definitely, he pissed me off a little bit. I had no, to go I, off the turnbuckle. No, yeah, you did. yeah well, you, you did. Oh, you climbed the turnbuckle <laughs> yeah. and
1: kaboom. No, I but, mean, I've done that before, too, because it's like. Somebody's got to say something. Does somebody get to stand up to him? Yeah, sure, you know. yeah,
0: sure. I was the agitator on that show, but it was always great because, as the triangular nature of the of the show was, you never were quite sure who the two on one was going to be against. Yeah. Some days it'd be Andy getting it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Other days it'd be the guest. Yeah. Most days it'd be me, but I played the heel. Just yeah, fine. no, that was cool. And you know what? My four point shot that you've ridiculed. It's coming. <laughs> it's just... You said this the last time Still we were together, too. <laughs> not here. Uh, you being, you, both of you guys are basketball guys, which is good, because we have the NBA Finals game number three, three tonight. Yep. And I got quarter rolls of quarters to punch into both of you guys. Let me start with you, Naki. The state of the NBA game, in your opinion, is what? I will tell you this. Uh, uh, that To my way of thinking, but correct me if you think I'm wrong, to me... NBA, NBA, the NBA is proof positive that ratings mean nothing. The state of the game is as strong as it's ever been because of what it means internationally. Oh. You, look, you look at, uh, I think, six of the ten guys who made first and second team all NBA are international players. Are they Really? Yeah. Wow. It, it, so, so you have this. Don imp- Chitch, uh the MVP, Jok- who should Jokic, be MVP, Jokic, uh, the, Joker. F- the freak, of course. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, you know so you get this incredible, uh, gr- you know, um, width and depth. The world's to, to, falling to, in love with the game. Yeah. And so, as to, to me, fell people, like I have game. friends of mine who, you know, who or, it, get pissy about the NBA in China and all that stuff. And, and they're like, well, nobody's watching these games. And I said, yeah you know what, the ratings here, here, the whole traditional Nielsen model doesn't mean that people aren't watching these games. People right. are watching these games. And I find, uh, particularly the first round of the NBA playoffs, and I think that the quality, for whatever reasons, tailed off just a little bit, the quality of the first round of the playoffs this year was spectacular. It really was. I found myself uh, right. every night. Yeah. And, and that's also the beauty of the way they. it was every night. Literally. Well, that's yeah. what kills me about the finals, Buck. It <laughs> you got to wait. Well, shouldn't it be eeny, meeny, miny, mo? I know they're trying to goose it. Wednesdays or, or Tuesdays, Thursdays, Sundays are their best yeah,
1: nights. A, a right? lot of it has to do with the travel. You got two teams from you know two different coasts. So you can't just play back to back. And you can't even well, one. Why can't you
0: play every other?
1: Well, you could, but they want to give them you know, a, a, a day to travel and, and rest? Yeah, and rest. I, mean, it's I just, thought it was just, all TV. What's all TV? It was
0: all TV considerations. That they didn't need to let him rest. It was just literally, yeah, well, we like these nights better.
1: Well, those nights are good, and, and you it, clearly need to have a game on a Sunday and or a Saturday. So, yeah, yeah you got to work it out that way. Well, I think but, but,
0: Saturdays in the summer are bad. People are out. And
1: also, us. this weekend is – and I know the NBA
0: hates – Having an NBA free weekend, they they don't play on Sunday. They play on Monday night. Yeah, so they're all they're they play. Dark. They play Wednesday, Friday, Monday night. Right. Yeah, and I know that they got to hate that Sunday night slot. I think is perfect yeah. for them. Do you know there's a potential conflict with Game Seven? No. And a Justin Bieber Game conflict. 7 <clears> is— They've already they've already looked ahead, and they're like, there could be a, a, a conflict with Game in, 7. In San
1: Francisco? Because Game 7 yeah, will be there. It's yeah. June 19th, by the way.
0: I, thank you, Buck. Yeah, I'm just it. saying. Is that a Sunday I, I, night this year? Is yeah, that it is, a Sunday? Sunday. So do you have, do you have also, a registry for your birthday, by the way? <laughs> so I, would get you also, I was this, born
1: on Father's Day, <laughs> okay. which is well, June 19th this year.
0: Yeah, and, and it's, it's also the last day of the U.S. Open this year, right? I will be there. Oh, uh, happy birthday to, to you yes. and Ding. The first humble brag of today's show. <laughs> I will be <laughs> at the
1: U.S. Open. So oh, here's the thing. over you got under here, is you got eight and a half. You got here I late. Got here
0: late. <laughs> <laughs> can I can I throw in a couple that yes. happened before? Yes, that? please do. So
1: <laughs> me and some buddies are going up there. They invited me, so we're going up there, and we're going on Friday. Game six is Thursday, so I will have missed Game six in Boston by one day. But if the series goes seven, and should Boston win. I will be in Boston on Sunday for whatever celebration they have there, which could be monumental.
0: I got it wrong. It's the Rangers Lightning Series that uh, would conflict with the Bieber concert at Madison Square Garden. Okay. Thank God. No, nobody cares, right? <laughs> Although Buck... No, I
1: watched it last night. I loved it's it. good.
0: Buck, yep. here's Buck's thing. He will text if an announcer, <laughs> any one of his fellow brethren in the business, makes the slightest of fuck-ups. I mean, just a little teensy tiny one. Like last night, who was it that mixed up Vasilevsky with Shizurkin?
1: Shizurkin, Shizurkin. Shizurkin. Uh, uh, uh Sean McDonough. Okay. And it was a pretty egregious. I mean, Sh-
0: uh, Vasilevsky plays for the Bolts. He's right. one of the greats, wears 88? Right. Right. This guy Igor Shosturkin, is sort of out of nowhere and he's standing on his edge, eh, Right, as they say.
1: So they're getting ready to pull Shosturkin because they have to. Who doesn't <laughs> want
0: to pull their Shosturkin? <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> ding ding ding. And so um yeah, where's the bell? You need to bring a bell. I with need to bring time. a portable so, bell. So uh yeah. so you know, he says uh, you know, looks like the Rangers are going to pull Vasilevsky here, you know, and here he comes. Well, here comes Durkin out of the net and he's like, Oh no, it's Durkin. So in his mind he was just confused, which happens. Yeah. It it normally happens when you're doing a football game because you have fifty guys on each roster, and if you're not that familiar with them, I mean if you're really not that familiar with them, you can look at the wrong your wrong sheet well, and, and they're get coming, guys mixed going up. All the yeah. Time. Right. Yeah. This shouldn't really have happened. I'm I was that's why I texted you. Okay. I was perplexed.
0: That said, I'm pro McDonough. Yeah, he's good. He's really good. That's anti. He's anti. Now, and you are the, giving him like a solid B. Which is, uh, it, that's a harsh grade from Buck. Hanks. I agree. But with Buck's best shtick when it comes to announcers, if I may, is <laughs> yes, like he, when he talks about the announcers' crutches. Yeah. You know, their go-to, the, right. the stuff that they always resort to oh. under the pressure of the moment. Unbelievable. So I give you the floor, Mr. Buck. <laughs> wow.
1: <laughs> I mean there's so many of them in presence just, of mind. I always try to just when calling a game say something a little differently like not just the same thing like the the, the, the worst crutch that guys have and it's usually the color analyst is the big fella. Okay? Yeah. How, how many times will you hear somebody say the big fella because they the forgot of the their game? name? Well, just the big man, the guy, the big, you know, the the, the big fella. It's just a real bad cliche. Yeah. it's such a cliche. Of course, the so other I think one, Johnny is,
0: Most, at the end of his career, didn't uh, know anyone's name. So he'd be like, ah, the lefty over to the big guy, yeah, and then the weird okay. guy with the lazy eye, and he, he shoots at the
1: He was Johnny Most. That's okay. Right. He was doing
0: number ten over to number fourteen. Yeah. You know? uh,
1: <laughs> but the the other one, that I, I would love to see an announcer call a game without saying this. It's not. Possible, if you will. And that is um, knocks it down. How about drains it, hits it, cans it, swishes, knocks it down. Knocks down the free throw, knocks down the three-pointer. You will hear them say knocks it down 50 times in a game, easy. Right. And the other, but but what I've said for years and years and years, and this is uh, more so in football than basketball, but in all sports, and again, it's usually the color analyst, the most overused words in the history of sportscasting are, I tell you, or some derivation of that. Listen, I tell you, I, he's really something. I tell you, I tell you, you. I te- I tell you I'm about, telling you. How about
0: to be honest? No, I no. I hate that. No, just, I it tell implies you. implies you've been lying and all the, the time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Suddenly something honest is going And the worst so. one,
1: uh, the worst perpetrator is Chris Collinsworth. So if you watch a game that he's doing. I got to tell he'll, you. He'll say, I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell you. Tell he'll you. say it 50 times easy.
0: You know who's great at you, mixing things up is the the great Doc Emmerich, who's sadly retired. Although I think Kenny Albert's done a fantastic job. He's very good as the, the air Doc apparent. is a, timeless, right? I mean the the the, the, the call—it's almost lyrical the way he was able to call a hockey game. Right. Yeah. There there is uh there is something called the Doc Emmerich soundboard here. I'm looking it up online, in which all of his different phrases, and he would use such a variety. Pushes ahead, shovels. Meanwhile, chips, he loves. Flames. Meanwhile,
1: meanwhile, Doc Emmerich. Oh, yeah. all the time. That's his crutch. Don't you blaspheme, Doc Emmerich. <laughs> L- literally, I'm, I'm more of a Joe you, Beninati fan than I am a Doc Emmerich Joe fan. Joe B
0: is fantastic. He's great, but Doc Emmerich's the goat. Just like Brent Musburger, you better not blaspheme him. He, by the way, uh, announced that he's no longer going to be the voice of the Raiders. Yeah. What do you think happened there? He I is don't 83. Know. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't have, heard him. Have we listened to the quality of what of his work of late? He's Brent, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. so, he's great. Does that mean he can't? <laughs> I don't know. I think and, they you know, just wanted to change. Maybe he's too honest about stuff. You know, Brent's in that YOLO stage of
1: life. Right. It happened to Marv Albert. He was too honest about the Knicks, and Dolan let him go. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, if Marv Albert... This is how I looked at my situation and gave myself some solace. If Marv <laughs> Albert can lose his job, then anybody can, because he, this man is a legend. Well, the yeah. Turk and, and comes from us York, all. In New York, talk about a legendary. He's yeah. an icon. But, but just like John Miller with Peter Angelos and Mel Proctor, for that matter, they lost their job because they weren't homers enough. They were too critical of the home team, and that's where Marv was. And he, you'd think at his stage of his career and his iconic nature that he would be that he'd have that leeway he'd have that luxury of being able to be critical isn't the moral of the story that it rarely ends well it's not so much that it rarely ends well somebody once said to me this they said with regard to to being a play-by-play announcer uh, or a team announcer not a play-by-play but a team announcer (laughs) with regard to the owners you you can't piss them off you have to jerk them off (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's what they said and it's good advice because there's a line there I found this out trust me every but, play-by-play guy has there's a line where you can be you can, you, you, you can be critically objective but you can't be demeaning and there's that line and once you right. cross it that's when you piss people but off but
0: even still Buck I thought you were quite deferential to the struggles of- I tried to be the whiz. I tried to
1: be. Uh, no, I think
0: you were. Well I and thought you what- fandom. I thought you you were not necessarily a homer. I thought you were fandom. Shown through, he I was never critical. Yeah. And whenever he came in to do the show with Andy and I, when things were going bad and there was knucklehead things going on, like Andre Blatch saying, <laughs> "This is your captain speaking," and you're like, "Jesus Christ!" <laughs> you would make sure you would make sure to carefully yeah. tiptoe around and protect and the you franchise. Have to, and I learned but, that early on. I know, but they eventually said, "We want to change just for change's sake," and huh. that was that. Now the other part of the problem is, and Naki, you've been doing Maryland basketball as an analyst for how many years? Twenty-four. Okay, how many more do you want to do it for?
1: As long as he can. Yeah, it's a great gig. As long as your know, voice when is I, there and he's I, healthy.
0: When I took the job, I, the athletic director at the time said, you know, this is a job you could do to your 75. So, you know, and, and I take... Despite your vicious ref baiting. <laughs> <I put> on, <laughs> I've, light, I've lightened <laughs> up. have <You've> lightened <laughs> up. Do you know but, he actually got called into a meeting with Fred Barracat, the director of officials. Really? Like, yeah. In the ACC. For, for criticizing the oh, officials? yeah oh, for, well There, was, a, there was
1: one particular official who... I want to know who it is. Because I know them all. No, I mean,
0: because he may be still officiating. No, he's no. not. He's Rick Hartzell. remember him? Sure, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Well, at one Hartzell. point at one point he was, and and we had a terrible relationship when I was coaching. <laughs> yeah, and so that. so at one point during a Maryland game, Naki coached at American University from what year to what year? Uh, ninety to ninety seven. Okay. And so it, I'm doing a Maryland game, and Hartzell's in ball in front of me, and I said, "Johnny, Rick Hartzell is so close <laughs> to me. I can see the six 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 on his whistle." <laughs>
1: And, so, and so, he heard. Oh, well, they somebody heard, somebody heard yeah. and
0: related back to the yeah. office. Bear, Bearcat says to me, what does that even mean? <laughs> and I said, it means he's the antichrist. <laughs> that's, that, that's what that means. <laughs> and he is. Oh, that's hysterical. Because as a coach, these calls, when they go against you, take food
1: off, off your table. table. As yeah. a coach, yeah. Not necessarily but, as a broadcaster, but as a coach. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard for me to draw that line. I understand. I understand. I yeah. understand. It's funny because
0: yeah. as a broadcaster, the bad calls, while if they go against your team, are, are very frustrating. They're content gold. You, as the broadcaster. Oh, yeah, now they are, yeah. You, you, as a content, you, as a broadcaster, can take it and use it to rail against, and you are indignant that the call went against your but team. It, How could
1: they? It can also hurt you in the same way it hurt him because of social media now. Back in the day, when there was no social media they didn't hear what you broadcast they didn't come near they didn't really get, right. get on you now everybody hears everything like and one, if it's
0: egregious enough it'll be plucked out it happened to me in out. miami
1: it happened to me with the heat after lebron left <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay this <laughs> oh, is a good this story is
1: bad, here. man <laughs> <laughs> i made a lot uh, a lot of people that i thought were my friends weren't after this but they're my friends again now but back at then we were playing down there and at the time, like some arenas, they piped in crowd noise. Oh, okay. Scandal. Now there are some places. The first place that ever did that was the Brendan Byrne Arena, which is over at the Meadowlands, where mm-hmm. the Nets used to play formerly. Because there was nobody rubble. went to those games, yeah. and they used to pipe in crowd noise, and it was it's pitiful. They actually did it, believe it or not, at the Boston Garden. <gasps> Could you Seriously? imagine the yeah. vaunted and, and Marv, Marv Albert? called them out on national TV. Ooh. And you can tell instantly. You can hear it. Yes. Because the decibel level not only goes high, but it, it, it comes down very quickly. And and you look around in the stands, and people are sitting on their hands. <laughs> and you hear all this insane. So in Miami, I said, you know, now that LeBron's gone, they have to pipe in crowd noise here at the arena. And it got out and and it, you know, went all over their social media and people called me out and all of that stuff. And, you know, look, were you wrong at the time? I don't think I was. But what were the
0: repercussions? Did you get talked to?
1: No, but I know enough people with their organization that they, you know, people said stuff and, you know, like kind of. Held their nose up. Was an exam.
0: NBA fatwa put out <laughs> against no, you? didn't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> the Salman Rushdie, you went against the heat. You know, Pat Riley's a powerful guy. He's a made no guy. No kidding. The worst one, guys' careers
1: there. The worst one for me, and I don't know if you've ever experienced this. It'd be interesting to see if you have on a road trip. We were in, I, I don't know if I've ever really named the city, but I'll name it now. We were in Cleveland doing a game and we sit right on the floor and the fans in some arenas are like right behind you in a box. Sure. And some are back aways. ways. Right. <clears throat> Here in Cleveland, they're right behind you. <clears throat> and we were beating the Cavaliers. They had LeBron at the time and the wizards were beating them. Start to finish, tip off to the end by fifteen twenty points. It was great win for the wizards and Phil and I Shaneer are going crazy okay we 're yeah. like every basket is unbelievable, and the place is almost silent because they 're just not even in the game right okay so we 're screaming and yelling and all of that stuff, and we come and I always put my jacket on on the seat behind me. I take my coat off and put it yeah. on the seat. I reach around to grab my jacket uh to to and I come back with a handful of spit. Oh, Oh, man. The guys in the box behind me had been spitting on me the whole game. So, oh, my God. I reported it to the NBA. They didn't take action right away, which really made me mad. Um, But eventually they did. And they called CSN, Comcast Sportsnet, for the tape of the game and you could see very clearly on the tape which is high definition. Oh wow. The guys in the booth behind me spitting on me. Wow. And they were <clears throat> they were actually guests of people that that uh, had season tickets in that box. And the team told the people that had the season tickets you can't bring those people to the game anymore and if you do we're going to take your season tickets. But away. they didn't take their tickets. At the t- well, it was They the, should have taken their tickets. It was the end of the game. Now the next time we Still went, though they were
0: responsible I, for who sits there. It's like this, the Curb Your Enthusiasm yeah. episode where Larry David trips Shaq and puts him on the IR. Yeah, yeah. remember? And Jeff Garland's oh, yeah. like, "What the fuck? Why were you stretching your legs?"
1: Yeah. So what was the what, what? How did this end? What what? So, so uh, the league uh, obviously called Cleveland and told them you know about yeah. that with the people, and then I they didn't, but they didn't do this for a long time, and I really reacted and I was mad at the league. I said, "Listen." <laughs> I said, you guys, I said, this is, this is really egregious. It might even be against the law. Uh, it's clearly immoral. I said, um, it, I said, listen, if this were Marv Albert or Mike Breen or Charles Barkley, you think you might have reacted a little quicker? And they, they took that to offense. They mm-hmm. didn't like that. <laughs> anyway, um, you're, you're making it yeah, worse now. I, I did. I did. But at any rate, so then when we played Cleveland the next time yeah. on the road, which was a few months later, I called the league. I said, listen, I said, I'm a little bit fearful for my safety. I said, I don't know who's sitting behind me. And if it's the same dudes, you know, and, uh, so the, to their credit, they had, they had security all over the place. Okay. And I'm standing in front of me. Wow. They had them everywhere. So it, it, but that amazing was, somebody would hate little old buck that. But how much. about that? Is that how nasty? That? I it's, mean, stands savages though. Has that
0: ne- never it's never I mean, they spit at Johnny all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, Johnny <laughs> I'm Holiday. Gonna, I'm kidding, Johnny man. Holiday, I mean, long time <laughs> voice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, Actually, not he spits at him. It's <laughs>
0: never I've never ever heard that or seen yeah. that and we've been in some, some hospital places yeah. North Carolina state, Oh you know, man. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny Holiday, long time voice of the Terps. basketball and football has stepped away from football. Still does hoops. He's still doing football. Oh, I thought he did. No, away. no, no. He's. Oh, yeah. he, I think he'd considered it at one point in time, but he's still still doing it. He Johnny is, is going to be a feet first out the door guy. Like listening. literally, they're they're going to have to carry him out and then punch through the door. He uh, is my.
1: I, <laughs> he is my uh, role model, legend, whatever you want to call. It. I mean, he's in the Rock and Roll
0: Hall of Fame, he's, Johnny Holiday. He,
1: how old is he? eighty four? Eighty four? Are you eighty four? So. I know. And he's calling games, and he sounds good. He, he does. still sounds good. So I'm thinking, first of all, I love him because A, he's a professional broadcaster. Okay. Yes. He's not one of these guys. That, he's a pro broadcaster. Right. And B, he's as nice a guy as there is. And when I, when I first got here in 84 and met him, he, he you know, I mean, he would, just, he would give me mentorship, advice, whatever nice. you want to call it. He's a great guy.
0: He's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, right, as a former he's, DJ?
1: He's not in the
0: Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but there are recordings of, of him. him as, okay. You know, the, There's a whole exhibit on 60s DJs and what they He meant. was a boss jock. Like, boss jock yeah. in the 60s. Yeah, San Francisco, Cleveland,
1: New York City, and then ultimately here in D.C. Yeah. yeah, just a real legendary broadcaster, and he's the dean of all broadcasters in this market right yeah. now plus he's still working i mean there's a lot of guys that were here that are right. either deceased or not working anymore he's still working yeah. so i mean well good for him god, god love them, man he's unreal you know we're driven by the search for better when it comes
0: to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match Need to hire? You need. Indeed. All right. In the uh, last five, six minutes here today, because we're here for a good time, not a long time. Plus, we've got to eat our wonderful power lunch here at the Palm, <laughs> which you should come down to the Palm and Tyson's Corner and eat their power lunch. It's affordably priced. It's great for lunch. It's not just for big, fancy dinners. But uh, let's talk money, money, money. <laughs>
1: Are you making any? I mean, that's
0: we're not making any on this podcast. No, we no, have lunch, which no, is shit. Sort of like money. It's, good by good so, by me. Yeah, no. Me too. It, with the LIV tour and being one of the big stories in sports right now, I've had a, I've had more discussions about money with more people than ever. And it's fascinating to have these discussions because I know that, you know, 125 million guaranteed for DJ or 200 million guaranteed for Phil that's awfully hard to say no to. Oh. Yeah. No matter how much blood is on that to actual To play golf, money. yeah. Right, okay. How much money would you want to have?
1: $1,000.
0: <laughs> You're down to your last grand buck? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll go over for 1000 things... <laughs> bucks And airfare.
1: <laughs> no, seriously. And lunch at the Dubai Palm. I,
0: I wouldn't want to have $200 million. I'd want to have $50 million most what are you going to do? What are you going to do, I, Naki, with all the extra some, I'd money? i find something to do with it. I, I, no, you wouldn't. You I, don't oh, live yes. that interesting of a life. Talk to me. <laughs> How many houses would you buy? How many boats would you buy? Buck, you're already everybody's best friend. You go on everyone else's boats and on their country clubs.
1: Zabe, if I had the $50 million instead of the 200 and tried to buy a, a jet plane, well, that would take care of about $30 million right there.
0: Well, that's true. You are a, a licensed pilot. Yeah. And you love planes, but would you buy a plane or just buy hours on them? I'd love to see your plane on an app. You know, I'm not Flight Radar 24. Flight Radar 24. <laughs> Air Buck. <laughs> this, this, this app that Buck got me onto on the golf course is absolutely addictive for us airplane nerds. Basically, it's called Flight Radar 24, and it shows live in-air airplanes all over the country, and you click on the icons of the airplanes, and they tell you exactly what's going on. Like, I'm looking at American Airlines flight 721
1: from Rome to Charlotte. Rome, New Is how- that Rome, Rome? How Look and see how long the flight is. You'll see if it's like 12 hours, 13 hours. Eight hours and 40 that's, minutes. That's not Rome, New York. That's Rome, Rome. Wow. Uh, how so many
0: people can be on that flight? To Charlotte. It's a Boeing 777.
1: That's a big plane. Yeah.
0: 38,000 feet calibrated altitude, yep. ground speed of 433 knots, yep. arriving in 48 minutes. There you go. And you just click and click and click. We're yeah. on the golf course the other day, Naki, and <laughs> <laughs> planes are flying overhead, and Buck is, like, punching his app, going, oh, yeah, that's uh, Emirates uh, Airbus 380. It's headed to Jetta. be there in 15 hours. That's, that also underscores to me that he would do anything other than swing a 9-iron. <laughs> <laughs> this is true for the man who invented Bipley and bipsick right. ball and, in pocket lost interest yeah <laughs> or ball in pocket sitting in cart that's correct for golf that's courses bipsick. i can see why yeah. so all right so you want all the money but uh, naki yeah, how, much all the money. how much money how much money do you want i want all the money and i don't what know why to do all i don't i would find something to do i'm Talk know, to me. i name would I would, I would have a house in on seven continents i would travel it, i wouldn't be playing the game forever and so uh, you'd think you'd have a span of years to live afterwards, where you could do whatever the fuck. Fifty you- million right now—that's not enough. You'd want more than fifty million. If it was offered to me, I'd take every. You'd dime, take more every dime. Why, why buy houses on seven continents when you can just Airbnb the most luxurious ones and still come out ahead? But I and think not the, be the, big, by the bigger
1: it. question is not whether me or Naki would want fifty million, but if you're Phil Mickelson, who's Clearly set for life in terms of money. He said he gambled a lot of it away. I, I I can't imagine. He said his
0: gambling was reckless. I can't. I can't imagine that.
1: That's like a ball player. Why can't you imagine that? Because I I see these ball players who the NBA the average salary now is what seven eight thousand a million dollars a year. Right. -hmm. Right.
0: Highest average salary in all of pro sports. uh, Yeah.
1: So you look at a guy who signs a contract. I'll just throw one out and say like, okay, this is insane. But John Wall, who makes forty. Or forty-five million dollars a year, and now has, or even Gilbert Arenas when he played, lifetime probably made, I don't know, three hundred million dollars. These guys are set for life, right? You're, they're not going to.
0: Antoine Walker made one hundred eight million. West yeah, he
1: was. Yeah, well when, he. Oh
0: he, yeah, was, he, was, he was different, right, Buck? Yeah, he was because the new generation—they're smarter now. They they're better not, be. They better be. I don't think they necessarily are. They're going to start with a higher pile of money. But it's for a lot of these guys. Some of them, at least, is going to go down to zero. Aren't well, you signing the contract to not just for yourself, for your kids, for your family, for your yeah, kids, for future for their generations, generations. Your kids, kids? Absolutely.
1: You know, and so, what are they
0: going to do with no work ethic, nothing to work for, and well, a pile put, of you money? You put it in a trust
1: so that they have to work, and they they know they're not getting it until a certain age. Really? Yeah. That's. Have
0: you, you ever known any trust fund guys? I, I my well, grown up with a trust fund. I have. Trust, so, so trust basically, me, they live their life, Naki, knowing there's a pile of money waiting for them. So, if you have the opportunity to, to make sure that your kids and their your kids' kids live comfortably on the how one many, hand. how many generations do I have to take care uh, of? Uh, say two, three. Okay, three. Or, or you, uh, you, fuck you, work for a living. <laughs> <laughs> or you just, you know what? They're going to have to figure it out for themselves. All right, it's either or. You're going to say, "Fuck you guys! You have to figure it out for yourselves." Okay. I, is that? Is that? I don't know. I think that the key nobody thing thinks, the nobody key, thinks like that, right? I guess. I guess I'm one of the few people who thinks there's something called too much money. I guess I'm the one of the few people, not the only one, but in this whole discussion about how much is too much, I'm the only guy that thinks I don't want that much money. You become more of a target to both financial scammers and to people kidnappers, possibly and yeah. other narrative wells, and it just. What else are you gonna buy in well, life?
1: I can't speak to that because <clears throat> I'll never have that much money. So I can't speak well, to I'll that. It's that's hypothetical. W- no, but that's why I that's why I put it I asked you about these athletes. They do have money. I mean some of them have millions and millions and millions of dollars. They'll never have to work again. Their kids will never have to their kids their families will be secure. That's why you have to wonder about those people, not people like us. We're gonna want as much money as we I know. Get.
0: I know. But I'm just wondering for you regular guys who have worked for a living and live a fairly normal life, although yours is very charmed. Hashtag (laughs) humblebrag. Um, (laughs) How much is too much? I think 50. I I wouldn't want net worth of more than 50. That's plenty. And I wouldn't want to win a lottery of more than 5 million. And here's why. Here's why on the lottery. Okay, hold on. Hold that thought. When you win a lottery, people know it, and they're like, you didn't work for that money, so I feel like I can ask you for some. And if it's more than five million, it's easier for people to ask you for a chunk of it. If it's five million, I can go, well, after taxes, it's really 2.7, and you know, my wife and I, family, we are comfortably now set in our retirement if we manage it carefully, but I don't have any money to give you. It's not life-changing. It's a huge chunk of money.
1: So where is the line?
0: Five million for me is all... Five million. In a lottery, <laughs> I don't want to win any more than five million. If I earn my money, I want to tap out at 50 million.
1: Do you think that there's an
0: element, particularly as it applies to the golf scenario that you initially started this conversation with, is there not an element of, well, he got 100 million? Oh, keeping score. So, yeah, yes, you Absolutely keeping score. It's a keeping score thing, and I suppose... Once you get to a certain hundreds of millions of dollars, now you're at. You can start a foundation. You can do something larger than just buy mansions and jets. Yeah,
1: absolutely, no doubt about it. But I I
0: don't think the Dustin Johnson Foundation is coming anytime soon.
1: (laughs) You don't know. Well, uh, yeah, I
0: thought I'd get a foundation for you know dudes who like to bang hot chicks of (laughs) NHL legends' daughters. (laughs) Oh man! All right, exit question: Do you think the Liv Tour is going to be a success? A sort of meandering sidebar that ends up dissolving, or a clown show that collapses. I mean, a lot Exit of it has question.
1: to do with television, obviously. And you know, so you know, have you a know what the
0: event on is this week. It's on Facebook and YouTube. Yeah. See, I hey, I, how about that? I'm they'll I, eventually get a TV partner, but still, right? And what if they get a,
1: if they get a major TV partner, I guess I'd watch. If if a lot of those guys are there, it's just golf, and I just want to watch. That's they
0: plucked Deshambo and Patrick Reed today.
1: Saw that Patrick Reed, huh?
0: won't really miss them. No. But that's also why they threw as much money at Tiger as they did. Because Tiger
1: becomes essential for that TV package, I would think. I mean right? there's a guy who sure, to- yeah it is for TV. You have and- to ask yourself that question. How much more money does he need? Well also how often is he going to play? Uh, is it, right. right now he's just basically
0: relegated to playing majors, right? I mean that's what right. we're what we're seeing. But he could play five live events and it would instantly get a television contract. The Tiger fanboys would watch it, it'd give them credibility. Sure. That's right. why they probably undershot on the offer. What did they, they offer have him? high nine figures, meaning tickling the underbelly of a billion. Wow. They should have said <laughs> a billion oh, five, it's on the table for twenty-four hours. Overshoot it, collect the asset, and figure out the rest. There. Remember, it's the Saudis. They've got infinity money. Right. Yeah. So
1: would you would you take that if you were him?
0: No, it's too much money. I told you. <laughs> Fifty million all I want. I want fifty million. I want some lobster bisque, which you're going to have. By right the way,
1: now. we do. We talked briefly about basketball. We didn't mention this. I hope Mike Breen is back tonight. Yes, I've missed him. I and, have too.
0: Yeah, he's, well, he's, they he's, scheduled he's, to return tonight from COVID.
1: Good. So because I texted with him, I know him, and he said he had a cold, and he's done games where he's felt worse. Sure, but because of the protocol, he couldn't couldn't work. And that's they, what, if, that's a shame.
0: If they said Buck, Mark Jones is down. Everyone's down. We need you. I'm there. Could you do the game? Of course. Would he be good? Would, would I be good? Yeah. Of course. I'd do my best. I do my. you stepping <laughs> all over Van Gundy and Mark Jackson. <laughs> Naki, how would you be if you they, they said do an uh, NBA game? You know, I would do it in a heartbeat. But I got to tell you, one of the things that I love about those guys is they've perfected the three man booth thing,
1: which they is really not have. which is not an easy thing. Not to Not easy. It's not yeah. easy at all. Uh, and they have, and because not everybody can do it, those guys can do it. But look, he shoots, he knocks yeah. it down. <laughs>
0: We're gonna knock down some lunch. Count
1: out, count down how many times you hear that tonight.
0: Boys, have anything you want today? Just keep it under thirty bucks. Plan on (laughs) it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So what happens now? Is the food free, or do we pay someone?
1: Of course not. They send you a bill
0: hundred and sixty two games of baseball a season can feel like a grind to watch, but you can put the excitement back into each and every game with my bookie run lines, money lines, props galore. Nobody gives you more opportunities to win than my bookie. Getting started is simple. Deposit $300 and play with $200 instantly. Just use promo code ZABE to claim a MyBookie deposit bonus. Whether you're a diehard fan or a newcomer to the sport, there's never been a better time to join the MyBookie family. Go ahead and sign up today using promo code ZABE to secure your first deposit bonus up to $1,000 with MyBookie. Whatever you put in, they'll meet halfway all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.com.